Last week was a big week. Uh, on Friday was a big day for President Trump. He is one step from acquittal. Looks like this could be done this week. Uh, Brexit finally happens, and Nigel Farage gives the middle finger to the European Union Council. Good for him. And avoiding the coronavirus is apparently racist. No kidding. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. It was Super Bowl weekend, and I really couldn't get this podcast out, even though it was actually written on Thursday. But um, I, I figured, hey, some of the stuff we were talking about last week, really important stuff, so we probably should go through it. <clears throat> and I may actually try and do a live show tomorrow, because this this week is going to be crazy. Um, it's the Democratic caucuses in Iowa. Uh, we also have uh, the... Um, we also have the uh, the um, State of the Union address tomorrow. I think I'm probably going to go live tomorrow. And then Wednesday is the vote for the impeachment vote or Trump's acquittal. It's going to be a heck of a week. So i got a feeling by the end of the week I'm going to be exhausted. Uh, it, I don't have a lot for you on the caucuses because I think these things are going to go all night. So I decided to skip it. So far, it looks like Bernie Sanders really does seem to have Iowa, Iowa Democrats. Let's be very clear. So let don't get too excited about it. But the big news on Friday is the House managers and the Trump's def- defense team finished their uh, evidence. They're on closing statements on Monday today. They will then, I guess, take a day. I guess they might have some more statements tomorrow. Uh, and then Wednesday, they will start voting. The Democrats uh, needed four witnesses, uh, needed four senators, Republican senators, to request witnesses. They didn't get it. There are no more witnesses. Deal is done. They only got two, of course, Romney and I believe Collins. Uh, not a big shock. Uh, Romney is kind of in a purple state and he doesn't really like Trump. He's always been a never Trumper and Collins is in a a very purple state. So those two are kind of in trouble. So because they didn't get the votes, there are no witnesses. Case is done. Trump's going to be acquitted and that's it. Lisa Murkowski from Alaska was going to vote for witnesses, but then uh, Elizabeth Warren really turned her off. And after this little question, after this question where she just basically slandered uh, Chief Justice uh, John Roberts. This turned her off, and then she decided to to not uh, not to ask for uh, witnesses, all because of the speech. Listen to this. The question from Senator Warren is for the House managers. At a time when large majorities of Americans have lost faith in government. Does the fact that the Chief Justice is presiding over an impeachment trial in which Republican senators have thus far refused to allow witnesses or evidence contribute to the loss of legitimacy of the Chief Justice, the Supreme Court, and the Constitution? I mean, what a piece of crap. So now now what she's basically saying is that not only is the president illegitimate, and now the Senate is illegitimate, 
but now also the Supreme Court is illegitimate and the only legitimacy is with the House? I, I don't understand that reasoning right there. As a matter of fact, she's making the Senate sound illegitimate. This whole this whole trial has been an absolute disaster for Democrats. They are getting absolutely killed. And probably Elizabeth Warren, who may need Chief, uh, Chief Justice Roberts not to, to vote for her or something in the future, I doubt it, she's not going to be president, um, goes out there and absolutely just rips it out. Well, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska said, screw it, I, I'm not, no, that was mean. There's, And she is one of those gals who would sit there and say, well, she's a meanie. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren is just trash. She's an absolute garbage human being. And anyone, I mean, this is a woman who said she was a Native American for 30 years so she could get better jobs. She's just a piece of crap. Well, as you might expect, the writing's on the wall. Um, they went through closing arguments today. Nothing good came out of it. It's with the same garbage over and over again. And the funny thing is, the Republican, the uh, Trump's defense team, and the Democrat managers, the House managers, they just sounded like complete opposites. They all kept repeating themselves. Uh, I'm biased, so I thought Trump's defense team actually still handled everything better than Schiff and his House managers. So it was garbage. Uh, you might be absolutely surprised uh, by the Democrats and the mainstream media's reaction to him being uh, acquitted, Trump being acquitted. And yes, he's going to be acquitted. He's going to be acquitted forever. And yes, he will have an asterisk as a president who got impeached and the only one where it was completely bipartisan. Uh, but here's a little montage from Grabian over just the absolute, re just whining and crying by the news media. I got again I got this uh, clip from Grabian, great uh, great site. They're on uh, YouTube. Subscribe to them. So listen up, listen to this. If my Republican colleagues refuse to consider witnesses and documents in this trial, the president's acquittal will be meaningless. Well, he will not be acquitted. You cannot be acquitted if you don't have a trial. And you don't have a trial if you don't have witnesses. So we're going to have a trial with no witnesses. And I think uh, Speaker Pelosi is right. Then this can't be a real acquittal. They cannot walk out of this building and allege and assert that there has been a true acquittal. There will be no true acquittal if there is not a fair trial. In fact, this trial is no vindication because it was really no trial, no witnesses. But if we acquit this president in a sham trial with no witness, it set witnesses, it sets a precedent. You can abuse your office and Congress will simply look the other way. It will be illegitimate. It will have been a rush yeah. to judgment. In fact, it's a rush to a cover up. There will be a permanent asterisk next to the acquittal of President Trump written in permanent ink. And Russia, if you're listening, 2020 is open for investigations. He will be more likely to try to steal the 2020 election. The elections may not have a fair result. The very charge goes to the fairness of our elections. People around the world are watching us going, this is what you want for the rest of the world? I mean, what a sad, sad moment after you know 300 plus years of democracy. I think it's a sad day for the so-called Republican Party. You know, they're gonna to need to find their souls. Good luck to that. He's saying, essentially, let's just say this was a court case. Yeah, yeah, he beat his wife. 
So this is going to be an enormous stain on the United States Senate. And I fear very much that the president will see himself as uh, one who can emulate right. that, kind that kind of, of monarchical power. It's, it's actually quite scary. I think we're at a very scary moment. I think you just spoke for metric tons of oh, our viewers watching tonight. I absolutely love Graby, and they have the greatest montages. There are so many little things in the world. And you know something? It's all about, it's all about um, a new narrative. They, the Democrats are so screwed with their narrative. They just, they don't know what to do anymore until they find the next, you know, terrible, horrible, very, very, very bad thing that Trump does or supposedly does. Um, let's take a look at what they were talking about. No witnesses. And you heard this about 50 times. You know, here's the thing. Let's just say I get arrested. Okay. They take me to jail. <clears throat> when, uh... They take me to jail, and the prosecution decides that they have a case. They actually get all sorts of witnesses, and they determine with those witnesses, and then they bring those witnesses to my trial. That's what the House Democrats needed to do before they walked in. The trial is the House Democrats, the House Democrats, the House managers, and the defense team for Trump. And to sit back and say that it is the Senate who is the jury's response, who's the jury is responsible for, for bringing in witnesses is absolutely asinine. That's like me sitting at trial and the prosecution sits there and tells the jury that they need to go find witnesses. It's garbage. It's hot garbage. The Democrats didn't do their job. The reason they didn't have any witnesses is they couldn't find any. They made sure that this thing was all done just like a uh, grand jury where no one could, the defense didn't know what was going on. No one knew what was going on. They brought 17 witnesses who, by the way, the Democrat, the uh, senators did actually have all the transcripts for them. They had to read those. They brought in 17 witnesses that none of them were fact witnesses except for, for Sondland, Ambassador Sondland. And Ambassador Sondland said, well, there, nothing really happened. Everybody else just didn't. All 16 others, a lot of them were just teachers and lawyers. A lot of them just didn't like Trump's policy, and that's that's stupid. This can't really, the second point they tried about, this can't really be uh, an acquittal because there were no witnesses. This was a Senate cover-up. Uh, well, no, this was an acquittal. The Trump impeachment is officially over. And I know Nancy likes this. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Choppers, likes to sit there and say that, you know, uh, he'll be impeached forever. And this isn't a true impeach. This isn't a true acquittal. No, it is. It's a complete acquittal. It's it's an exoneration as much as an acquittal is an exoneration. OK, that's it. You're done. And there won't be any asterisks in indelible ink or anything like that. Well, this is going to be the other thing. Uh, they're trying to steal the election, the 2020 election. Okay. Um, that's going to be the real narrative, and that's going to be the narrative the Democrats are going to take all the way to the 2020 election. And they're going to sit and point at that if after the 2020 election when uh, th there is a landslide victory for Trump. Because right now it's looking like Bernie is looking like the the choice, uh, the um, 
is looking like the candidate because I got news to you. If Bernie goes up against Trump, Trump will eat his lunch. So that's going to be really ugly. So again, it's illegitimate. And they've been doing, Democrats have been doing this since Bush, second Bush, George W. I mean, remember, he he had that contested election where Florida, they were doing the hanging Chad thing. Well, he was not legitimate in his first term. And then he won a second term. Well, he wasn't legitimate because he didn't really win the election his first term. And then you had uh, King Barack Obama, and now you got Trump, and again, he's not legitimate. We've, they've been doing this for every pre- uh, a Republican president this decade, this uh, century. So it's not something unheard of. Uh, finally, Maisie Hirono sitting back and saying that Demo- Republicans need to find their souls. Yeah, good luck with that, end quote. Um, I think that's funny for someone who believes in abortion up to and maybe sometimes after birth. So I really don't care about uh, Maisie Hirono or any of the Democrats, these left-wingers, think about our souls. I, I, I just don't care. And finally, here we go with the dictator crap again. We're going to have a king. We're going to have a dictator. We're going to, you know something? I'm so sick of that because you can tell these people have no idea what a dictator is. Because if they had, if Trump was a dictator and uh, he heard any of this, they would all be in jail or a gulag someplace. That's more of a Bernie thing than a Trump thing. So I think it's stupid. And do we know, do you know how we know that Trump isn't a dictator? He's still running in 2020. He's campaigning and everything. So it's all stupid. Now, listen, the trial, the articles were not crimes. That was the biggest problem. And that's really one of the reasons that the senators basically said, listen, there's no crime here. Um, abuse of power is not a crime. Abuse of power typically leads to a crime. So if he had gone in, and I've said this more than once, if he had gone in and said, hey, uh, he tried to bribe him, okay, and while he was bribing him, he would that was would be when he was abusing his power. And of course, obstruction of Congress is not even a crime. Obstruction obstruction of Congress means it's an inconvenience because Congress can go to the courts. Congress didn't go to the courts. What they did decide to do is they decided to bypass the courts, and um, then they called okay obstruction of Congress. Yeah, well, no, there's there's a legal way to go through obstructing Congress, and that's go go to court. What has a statute, what is a law, is obstruction of justice. And if they had gone to court and the court said, yeah, witnesses need to talk, and then Trump still held the witnesses, that's obstruction of justice. That's a real crime. Um, Listen, Trump, this was not, now they're talking about censuring Trump. You know what? Too little, too late. You guys probably should have tried to censure him, um, tried to censure him, before this whole thing started, uh, before this impeachment thing, you guys decided to drop censure. And basically what censure means is Congress goes and they yell at him for a couple hours. I, I thought that's really literally what it means. Okay, you did something bad. Here's the thing. He did something bad. I read the transcript. The transcript was not terrible, but it wasn't great. It sure sounded like he was asking for um, Zelensky to do something, but it didn't sound like he was forcing him to do anything. As a matter of fact, it sounded more like Zelensky was uh, the Ukrainian president. Zelensky was actually doing more quid pro quoing than than Trump was. So he wasn't great. 
But if they decide, if they decide that uh, they are going to now censure him, I if I were Trump, I'd say give him the middle middle finger and say, you know what, you had your shot, and that's it. And Republicans should think the same way. Now, uh, again, today are closing arguments, uh, Monday, closing arguments, um, and the acquittal vote will be on Wednesday. The only question I have is why? Why didn't they just have the acquittal vote, have the closing arguments on Saturday, have the acquittal vote on Sunday, and then let everyone do their thing for this week, because this week's a real busy week. Uh, uh, There are a few reasons why I think it's... it, three reasons why I think it would have been better just to get the acquittal out of the way. The de- uh, the um, Iowa caucuses for the Democrats is underway right as we speak, right as I'm speaking right now. And the senators are going back and forth. They're busy. So it just would have seemed like, okay, make it convenient. You've got three senators who are running. So it's very inconvenient. Number, I don't care how inconvenienced they are. They can all go to hell. But the second reason is this actually gives the Democrats time to find one of those secret, look what we found things to start this whole crap over again. And you know, that's that's happened. The first thing was John Bolton's book. Then there was the OAB report. You just got all these little gotchas that the Democrats do. They did the same thing with Kavanaugh. It's so obvious. It's so old. Um, it'd just be nice if they if they got rid of it. And the last reason is, on on Tuesday, the day before his acquittal, he's got the State of the Union address. Now, do I think that's going to be a big deal? No. But it's it's something that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm going to watch it. As a matter of fact, tomorrow we're probably going to do a live, bo- po- uh, live broadcast on Podbean because I have a feeling it'll be fun. I'll turn on the TV. We'll listen to the speech together. It shouldn't be very long. And... Uh, We'll see how that goes, but I don't know. Okay, Great Britain. This is a big story. I love this story. I am so happy for Britain. After four years, Brexit has finally completed. England is, Great Britain is now a free state. They are a sovereign state. They are not up to any of the socialist regulations that the... European Union throws at them. They can have their own economy and trade with whoever they want. They don't have to sit back and and give money to countries that don't know what the hell they're doing, like France and Spain and Greece and Serbia. They are free. This took a long time to get out of the European Union because there are trade deals and things that uh, that have to be negotiated. Boris Johnson, uh, the former prime minister, the chick that can't dance, she just could not get it done. And there was just so much fight. Well, finally, Boris Johnson, who became the leader, uh, the um, prime minister, sat there and took a real big risk. He said, let's have another vote. And if this vote wins, what's going to end up happening is we're going to go till the day where the their EU membership expires, and it's going to go. That's it. And everything, like trade and things like that, they'll figure it out. But they're just going to leave the EU. Now, that EU thing, uh, the EU uh, expiration was actually in September, but a court case went against it, and then Boris Johnson just said, you know what, we'll have another vote in November. They did, they won, 
it's got the the time has passed and now Great Britain is a sovereign state again, which I think is absolutely great. I think the EU is all that is wrong with globalism and what actually globalism leads to. So the best part of this, it was just exciting. There were so many great scenes. There was a, uh, of course, you're listening on the radio, you can't. There was a scene where the um, uh, there was a bar. They were waiting for the exact minute that the EU, the uh, Great Britain would actually leave the EU. And at that minute, at these bars, you saw the video, which I absolutely loved. Uh, I shared it on, um, I shared it on uh, uh, Twitter, where the folks from the EU walk over and there's a flag display with all the flags for the member countries in the EU. And they took the British flag down and the freaking place erupted. The bar actually erupted. It was really awesome. But the best story was what Nigel Farage, and Nigel, Nigel Farage is a very conservative uh, Brit. He's actually did run for prime minister at one point, but he's a little bit more, a little bit too conservative, I guess. He made a speech in front of the EU parliament. He got his mic cut off. Um, and right before they walked out and they walked out waving little British flags and basically Nigel Farage gave these guys the bird. Listen to this. It's a great speech. This might be a little bit longer. Of this project. It's a bad project. It isn't just undemocratic. It's anti-democratic. And it puts in that front row. It gives people power without accountability. People who cannot be held to account by the electorate. And that is an unacceptable structure. Indeed, there's an historic battle going on now across the West, in Europe, America, and elsewhere. It is globalism against populism. And you may loathe populism, but I tell you a funny thing, it's becoming very popular. <laughs> and it has great benefits. No more financial contributions. No more European Court of Justice. No more common fisheries policy. No more being talked down to. No more being bullied. No more Guy Verhofstadt. I mean, I mean, what's not to like? I know you're going to miss us. I know you want to ban our national flags, but we're going to wave you goodbye. And we'll look forward in the future to working with you as sovereign... If you disobey the rules, you get cut off. Could we please remove the flags? <laughs> Mr. Farage, could we remove the flags, please? Well, that's it. It's all over. Finished. We're gone. Could I please ask for quiet? I'm really, please sit down, resume your seats, put your flags away, you're leaving, and take them with you if you are leaving now. And... <laughs> Goodbye. Can I just say, if I may say, just in a slight reference, the word hate was used in the last um, contribution. And I really think, given what we listened to prior to this, that we should not hate anyone or any nation or any people. 
Now, I really played an extended piece on that. I actually added to it. It was a lot less. But I wanted to point something out to you. Everything that, that Nigel Farage said was absolutely correct, and that's all that's wrong with globalism. Globalism takes away a national identity. It takes away, it'll, it forgets about history. It takes away everything that makes a country unique and special. Britain, as much as we can't stand Britain back in the revolutionary days, Britain does have a very special history. It has a very special identity. That is taken away by globalists like the EU. The EU does not have justice. It's run by bureaucrats. Does that kind of sound familiar? It's a level of socialism. That's what it is. Now, I know Nigel Farage liked to use the term populist. Well, populist means the people choose what they want. There's another word for that. And what did the what was the populist decision these people chose? The populist decision was choosing their country. In other words, the Brits saw themselves as not globalists, but nationalists, which means they love their country. I'm a nationalist. If you're listening, you're probably a nationalist. Now, over the years, globalists like the left have sat back and said, you know, the left that wants to eliminate borders, tear down walls, give uh, health care to illegal aliens, all those globalists, those people call nationalists racists. I've never understood that because a nationalist is no more racist than a globalist. What makes a nationalist ra racist over a globalist? We're just as accepting of people. We just think our country is more important than other pieces of crap country, countries like Mexico. I'm sorry, our country is better than Mexico. It's better than Somalia. It's better than Saudi Arabia. It's better than every country, any other country in this world, in history of the world. And you want to call me a racist because I'm a nationalist? Please. I think these idiots confuse white nationalists or black nationalists. By the way, there are black nationalists. The Black Panthers Party is a black nationalist. Black Lives Matter is a black nationalist group. I think they're confusing white nationalists with nationalists. And that's not an accident. They do it on purpose. So when somebody says, well, are you a nationalist or a globalist? Or, I am a complete nationalist. I don't believe in globalism at all. And just look and listen to the way she talked to them. You will listen to me. This was not an elected woman. This woman is a bureaucrat. She did, they, they don't go through Europe electing these people. These people get uh, positioned in their, in their uh, positions. They get nominated into their They're bureaucrats. Fact is, Great Britain had to deal with regulations put on them by the European Union. Trades were regulated by the European Union. They had to take in a certain number of immigrants per the European Union. They had to deal with courts, not within their own sovereign system, because they're not a sovereign country when they're in the European Union. They had to go through the court systems in the European Union. That sounds a lot to me like China, and I don't like it. And so I am glad to see. And Britain is probably thrilled to God they don't have to support Spain, France, Serbia, Greece, or any of those crap hole countries out there. 
I think that is absolutely awesome. I think Nick Farage, or Nick, Nigel Farage is a stud for doing what he did in the EU parliament, and I'm thrilled. Just one more story, and it's, uh, today is Monday. I'm actually doing this on Monday evening. And so I'm going to give you some of the latest stats. Over, I believe, 15,000 people are infected with this coronavirus. Um, over 350 are dead. There are some, there are now 11 affected, uh, affected in the United States, infected in the United States. The coronavirus is becoming serious. There is a belief there are far more than 350 people dead in China. Uh, video is coming out of China showing just absolute horrid treatment by the government. We may have to have a discussion. You could probably have thousands dead in China right now over this coronavirus. Do you know how many will probably die in this country? Probably zero because we have a good health care system. That same health care system that all the Democrats and the left want to destroy, by the way. But the media and the left have just gone absolutely stupid. Uh, Brandon Tensley from CNN wrote in an article called Coronavirus Task Force, Another Example of Trump Administration's Lack of Diversity. Is this guy freaking kidding? So basically what this guy is saying, he his his article starts, this is a CNN, uh, this is a CNN guy, and I'm sure I, apparently that's why his story was probably buried because he's a complete idiot. He's got a picture of Obama's Ebola task force and Trump's task force, Trump's coronavirus tax task force. And I'm not really sure what the guy was coming to, but he had like Obama was sitting there and Obama's black. And then he had Susan Rice sitting there and she's black and a bunch of white guys and a bunch of white women there. And then you had Trump's task force which had a bunch of white guys there and Trump, who's white, and then a bunch of white women there, no people of color that you could see. And basically what he was saying is, this is another example how Trump's not diverse. He picked a task force for the coronavirus that's all white men. Of course, he said, and a couple of women. Yeah, no. I want to I want to point something out. the The people of color I saw I saw in Obama's picture was uh, Susan Rice, who is not a doctor, and really should not have much of a say about the corona about the Ebola plague. And Obama, everyone else looked pretty white to me. I may be off. Maybe I got to relook at the picture, but everyone kind of looked white to me. Do you know why? Because Obama picked, just like Trump, he picked real doctors who can deal with the problems, who can sit there and give him the information. When have we gotten to the point where diversity is more important than saving lives and stopping a pandemic? I guarantee you, you're not going to see a lot of transgender little people in as doctors. Okay, I, it's probably not real common. And I don't know how good a doctor, a transgender little person, a Native American, let's go all the way, a Native American transgender little person. That's a dwarf or midget, whatever you decide to call them, if you don't know what a little person is. I got to be p- politically correct. Who cares who he took? Are these people qualified to be what they are? It is just 
stupid. Tinsley sat there and said, okay, listen to this. Let me get my glasses on. Tinsley said this. Where is it? Here it is. Who are these experts? Quote, who are these experts? They're largely the same sorts of white men and a couple women on the sidelines. Who've do- of course, he's got to put that as a backbang. Who've dominated the Trump administration from the very beginning. Um, no, that's not true. He's Trump has gay people in his administration. He's got women. He's got um, black people in his administration. Uh, they just don't like them because they're for Trump. They just always seem to convenient. Forget that. By contrast, former Barack Obama's circle of advisors in the face of the 2014 Ebola outbreak in West Africa was hardly monochromatic. Neither was so Neither was it so abysmal in terms of gender diversity. Of course, to contextualize, Obama administration, on the whole, was far more diverse than Trump's. Yes, he also had a, and I, I know that, and I know that they like, these guys are really into that intersectionality crap, but the best does not necessarily meet some sort of diversity standards. It's really stupid. It's really, really stupid. And everyone wonders why CNN can't seem to get any viewers. CNN isn't even cracking the top 20 in uh, cable news networks now. They're not even top 20. They are behind the home and garden network on cable TV right now. Fox News, number one by far. I wonder why. MSNBC, number two. But they're down by half. Now, MSNBC I like because MSNBC, at least, are honest. Rachel Maddow is crazy as a loon. So is Chris Matthews. But the reality is they they are left-wing and they say they're left-wing. There's no secret. Fox is right-wing. They say they're right-wing. Good for them. I have no problem with MSNBC. CNN, who seems to always think they're the, 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 you know, whatever. Uh, Let's get into this guy. So there's this guy. I, I don't have his actual name. Um, he was trending on Twitter and this guy basically, he, he looks like he's really smart because he's got like glasses and he's got his shirt buttoned all the way up and he speaks, he doesn't speak in an English accent. That would have been the trifecta. Um, he obviously is not a Trump voter, but he said that if you decide to look down on the Chinese because of the coronavirus and, uh, by the way, SARS and let's not forget MERS and, and there are a couple others that they had. Um, you're, you're a racist. <laughs> this guy is such an idiot. Listen to this. We live in Toronto where the SARS virus got world scale attention. That's because the only people who died outside of Asia from that virus were in Canada. And most of them were in Toronto. With only 44 people dying in total in Canada, it had a huge impact on our city. We lost a lot of tourism, we lost millions of dollars, but most importantly, we saw a lot of stigma and racism towards Chinese people. It's important that we do not repeat those racist notions that happened here in Toronto, and we all need to be aware of this when we talk about the current coronavirus. On our social media channels, we have seen Lots of people saying things like, this always happens in China, and relating it a lot to the types of foods that Chinese people eat. But it's important to remember that Western food practices are what created mad cow disease, and also Western meat consumption has created a big issue with antibiotic resistance. Yeah, so if you look down on a country that eats mice, rats, bats, and snakes, and dogs, and cats, 
you're a racist. That's what he's saying. By the way, that's not a exaggeration. The country of China actually had to put in a law, a law that is being fought because uh, that banned the eating of bats. That's not a joke. They, China said, people, stop eating bats. In, in some of the Asian countries, we already know about the dogs. They do eat dogs. We, we know about that. And there is videos all over the internet where people are eating bowls of mice. But see, is this a thing with their citizens? Is it racist to say that? Or would it be better to sit there and say, you know something? If these people had a freaking country that could actually allow their people to have food, to be able to afford food, this is, the, this is a country problem. This isn't a cultural problem. And I got news for you. If freaking uh, the Chinese people are eating rats and mice because they like them, I, I'm i sorry. No, they're they're wrong. They're backwards. And this guy can sit there and say how racist I am, but that's wrong. It's just the whole thing is so stupid. I mean, everyone is missing between the diversity thing and the racist thing. And do you realize race is being brought up into absolutely everything? I remember in the 70s, 80s, more more the 80s, because in the 70s I was too small. But I remember in the 80s when someone called you a racist, when you said something that was racist, or you said something that was sexist, as most teenagers do, and I did it too, um, it really just gave you a really bad feeling about things. God, I really did a bad thing. I said something that was racist. Or I said something that was sexist. I, you know, it that stuff had an impact. You realize it doesn't have an impact on me anymore? Someone said, I sit there and I say something, well, that's kind of racist. I don't care. No, it's not as prejudiced, but okay. I, I, I don't care anymore because it's such an overused term to sit back and say that Chinese people eating bats is bad or Chinese. And by the way, the Chinese acknowledge their people are eating bats. They acknowledge it. This is not something the Chinese government had to ban it recently because of SARS, MERS, coronavirus, which came out of China. Do you know none of these diseases, Ebola, MERS, SARS, uh, mad cow disease, I, I kind of think, well, yeah, but that was kind of a thing. Yeah, we had that. But all these other swine flu, uh, swine flu, bird flu, none of these came out of the United States. They came from other countries, mostly China, China, India, and Africa. And yet, we're racist because you say, well, you know, that Chinese person shouldn't be eating that rat. Or that Chinese person shouldn't be eating that bat. Especially since the bat SARS came from bats. Or they shouldn't be eating that snake. Because uh, here's a newsflash. We're not so sure, but coronavirus virus may have come from snakes. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. I mean, my God, thank God the Chinese government isn't racist. Because they're sitting back and saying, hey, China, Chinese people, stop eating freaking bats. They put a law into play. 
And you know, and now they're fighting the law because they want to eat something because they're starving. Remember, Bernie and his bread lines. And depending on what happens tonight with the caucus, we're going to talk about that too. So a lot of stuff coming up. Again, I am probably going to run this live on Tuesday for the State of the Union address. Um, I'm probably gonna, It's going to be on Podbean. You will be able to listen to it as another podcast later on. I will play the I will play the TV in the background, so you will be able to hear it. You can follow me on Twitter at Runnin' Fool R U N N I N F E W L. You can download or listen to this podcast on podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. I'm not doing the actual YouTube videos anymore because no one can find them and I'm not getting any views anyway. Uh, and you can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can see full videos. You can see Ben Shapiro's video. You can see the full Grabian video. You can see the full conversation with uh, Elizabeth Warren calling uh, Chief Justice Roberts uh, uh, illegitimate. You can see all those videos 100%. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>